baby. Damn. That was a fucking game, huh? Yes. Very cool. Very cool game. It's nice to be talking with you about it for the first time tonight. Um, so, <laughs> since our last podcast, the Islanders have gone 3-0. and um, We fact-checked that, by the way. Um, <laughs> they... They beat the Flyers twice over the weekend. Uh, they had a game postponed against the Bruins on Tuesday, and then they uh, they won tonight in overtime, four to three. Looked like it was going to be three two in regulation, but that's okay. It was four three in overtime. And uh, as I was saying uh, to you earlier, it is kind of like um, it's kind of like jokes on them because they just they just made me like see re- a really cool goal twice instead of just once. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Damn! Fuck! Bo! Um! Bo! Two two overtime winners for Bo, which is just like, uh, it's it's been so interesting. Um, like all the talk, he is their you know trade chip, you know, in like a I lot know. of those like fantasy trades, like he was the trade chip, and he just had two overtime, two huge overtime goals. Yeah, it's kind of a situation where uh, I, you can't, you know, and I know that it's like, it's only been, it's been two games and he's, he scored two big goals, but it's like, immediately I'm just like, I'm not going to trade that guy. Why would I trade that guy? Yeah, you know, and, and, uh, well, before we get into those games, I, I think, I think it'd be yeah. good to, to go back to that, that, that dumping of the Flyers and, Man, like something, something is funky with Carter Hart. Like he's having goalies do have bad years, and typically goalies that are like young goalies that yeah. start off hot, you know, they come down to earth a little bit the next year. He's cratering, but he's still pretty damn young, right? And like it, this just happens sometimes. It's a weird season. Um, they're def- yeah, uh, they they lost a, a top four defenseman in like. Yeah, yeah, you know, so a lot of kind of changes there. Yeah, it's and it's a situation where Matt Niskanen isn't even like that good of a player. It's just that the depth isn't there on top of, you know, people joke around about it all the time, but that like veteran locker room presence is like, it's kind of a thing. Uh, it's it's kind of the reason why the Islanders are successful. Like a big a big part of the reason, not the entire reason. It's yeah. a it's a big part of the reason why the Knights went on that cup run there first year. Like it's it's a thing, whether people make fun of it or not. Um, but yeah, so I I think that the Flyers just got like absolutely pumped by the Rangers eight three tonight too, and Carter Hart was in net for that. So it's it's not good. Uh, that six one. Islanders went on Saturday was all Carter Hart. They didn't pull him at any point, didn't they? No, because remember he gave up those two. They were it's like it was like the same like worst version of Rick DiPietro, like puck intercepted, him overplaying the the puck. And it's like that's yeah. why when I say it's funky, it's not just like soft goals. It's like Yeah. Softest goals, head. but also like, oh, it seems like he's hit like him and the defense are just not in sync with each other yeah yeah and on top of it he's in his own head i mean i saw a tweet i given i wasn't watching the rangers game but i saw a tweet that you know he made like a nice pad save tonight and he literally just like looked behind him right after it's it's the like very unsure body language which varlamov had a little bit going on early in the game tonight 
we'll we'll get into that yeah. a little bit. But yeah. But going going all the way back, uh, Thomas Hickey beat up on the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two two assists in his his first game back in uh, a couple of years, which is crazy. And it's you know it's been covered, um, you know, but it, it's worth saying here yeah. because as you know, this is like a fan just chilling. This is just a, a just chilling podcast, but like, yeah, it, there's no it, rules. We really don't care. But but it it does feel like Thomas Hickey has been such a good player, a solid teammate through so many different regimes of the of the islanders and yeah uh, everything and, from overtime goals to insane hits yeah uh he rocks he's just he, he's just you know and and it was just uh it's a shame it's a shame how, how most of this trots era which is the best the most consistently like good hockey he's gotten to to mm-hmm. play like you know play around he's barely gotten to actually play in just because the numbers game always worked against him. Like, like last year, if they, if the Islanders could have had Noah Dobson in Bridgeport, they would have, and that would have been one more spot on the roster. Yeah. Um, but they, they couldn't. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just nice. And, and, you know, the, the loss of his brother right before COVID, which like, yeah, with how rough all of this shit's been for anybody, like, and the isolation that comes with it, like, grieving and then having like to not sit ha- not ha- yeah not, not having do the anything world. yeah it's uh yeah that's one of like the best not best parts of grieving but like it's one of the warmest parts it's, of grieving is, is all yeah. the other things like literally just the places you can go not even like far away like just out to a restaurant for half an hour yes yeah 100 you know? yeah um but he's he's been back for he's he's been back all three games this week and uh, looks fine looks fine to me. Yeah, he he a uh, uh, a very good seventh defenseman in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, and um, and yeah, I, I mean I think he's a you know I still think he could yeah. play on a third pair. It's just it's just kind of I'm kind of leery of going all the way believing it. Like let's see yeah. if you know if if he's still playing in like two or three weeks. Well, hope, well, hopefully he's not because Dobson comes back. But I mean, that, that's the point. It's just like, oh no, I, I think he is a legit guy. That that you know, if if he had to play a month, I don't think I'd be super worried. Me too. Yeah, I I completely agree. And it is a thing. Uh, it's a little bit of like reassurance going into the going on a playoff run where guys get banged up. You know, maybe Andy Green has to take a night off. Maybe. Uh, Someone gets hurt. Hopefully, nothing insane. But you know, off a couple games, you could put Hickey in the lineup, and not only is he relatively relatively reliable, he might he might create some offense too. He's he's very good at he's always been like good at just pinching, like knowing when to pinch and keeping the cycle going through like through through a pinch. Yeah, yeah. He's he's he always seems to be around those like uh are, are around the circle like the lower part of the circle, uh, kind of bringing the puck in, looking around, throwing it towards the net. Um, and, and not in, not in these dumb ways where like, I, I, I've, especially in these last three games, it's, it's been a lot of going, you know, along the boards, throwing it towards traffic, but in, in a smart enough way where it doesn't jut out into the, uh, into the middle of the ice and send the other team off on an odd man rush or breakaway or anything. Um, it's been nice. It's, it's been cool. Uh, and I feel great for the guy. 
Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But, and, and a, lot of, a lot of players broke, started to break out of streaks, out of cold streaks in that game. So kind of like the fact that, that Bailey and Bo scored, I forget, I forget who else, maybe Pajot, like a bunch of guys broke scoring droughts in that, in that 6-1 game. Yeah, it. I think it might have been Pajot, yeah. Funny Bo, enough. Bo, he was... Bo was one of them as well, and, and Bo has now since scored yeah. in every game. Like yeah. he's, he scored in every game yeah. throughout like this. And, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, it's, uh, I, I guess to, to move along to the next game, th- that, that two, one game was a uh, bit, bit ugly. Was, was not, uh, was not pretty. Yeah. Sorokin was the prettiest part of the game. Yeah. Sorokin was great. And Sorokin played in the six, one win too. That's right. Two, not only. So I, it wasn't back to back in the sense that it was Saturday, Sunday. It was Saturday, Monday. Yeah. Uh, so he had that day of rest. But I guess Barry felt uh, confident enough or liked the way he played against the the Flyers enough to put him back in. Uh, and I I don't know if you noticed this, and it was very much particularly in that two to one win on Monday. Uh, the Flyers were trying to like try, taking shots from very weird angles, trying to go short side on him. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems it seems like the the thing maybe the thing they're looking. It's kind of like that. So that shitty goal, like the worst goal that he let in in his debut. That that like two on one, but the guy was like below the circles and like right closer to the boards than the net. Like I feel like that was so awkward that that team sometimes try to see if he is like falling into whatever like right. Weird cheating. angle, cheating yeah. Off the post. Well, yeah. yeah, whatever type of cheating, and and they did miss. There were a couple times where, like, remember there's one one defenseman. I think it was Provorov that had like a beautiful pinch, and like instead of swinging around the net, he cut he cut to the middle, and yeah. he pulled it, but it he just shot it like too far wide, or he might have even clipped the post. I think Hayes had a scary looking one too. But that's the thing about all those shots. They're scary looking, even if the goalie plays them completely correctly. And you wouldn't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're 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 scary looking. But uh, yeah, it was a bit of an ugly win. But the the boys got it done. Uh, Wallstrom with another with another goal. Ugh. Uh, the the man won't stop scoring. Yeah, I, I mean, and and that's the thing that's been good. I mean, this you know blends into tonight's game too. But like the fact yeah. of. The those two goals, the goal the, the goal against the Flyers and the goal tonight against the Bruins, it's not just it's not just that wrister. It's it's not yes. just that that that, that one timer. It's not just uh, you know having some space and getting to to walk in and, and really like lean into something. He is good at locate like tracking pucks and and uh, yeah. pulling them out, which is another thing that that's another skill set that's been missing the last couple of years to be honest and uh yeah the he's, closest he's good. anyone the closest anyone comes to that like overall goal scorer uh is kind of Everly. he can score a couple different types of goals uh, i guess brock nelson too a little bit but it's not the same it's not it, the same it's i know it's not the I, same I, it, it it just feels like wallstrom is I'm I'm super excited because I I legitimately feel this is a guy because because it, he's scoring in all sorts of different ways 
to me, like, it's very plausible that he plays with Barzell next year. Sure. I could see that. It's, so That's it's, fucking nuts. Yeah. It's... Barzell with, with Lee and, 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 and Wallstrom. That's Lee, nice. like a fully recovered Lee, as long as, like, you know, his skating's what it was this year. That's yeah. a fucking gnarly that's line. line. That's not... That's that's probably the, that would be the gnarliest line if 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 Wallstrom keeps trending trending up like this because you know he's out there it's it's not just him kind of being able to to hide in games he's out there with with less than three minutes to go. Yep, yep. He scored. He scored the what was you know what could have been the game winner, but turned out to just be Thunder's uh, goal with like three minutes left in the game tonight. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's it's great and and like you know I guess the again to put a bow on that second game it it was like it was so interesting to me realizing like oh shit when, the, when great they they ugh, please kill the fucking penalty please kill the fucking penalty yeah then they kill uh, it and then there's this realization that like oh shit it's gonna be four on four because there wasn't that much time left on the power play if I'm not yeah. mistaken. No. So like within like you had, had like ten seconds of 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 the penalty kill left, and yeah. then it became four on four, and it's like the Islanders were so were such a good four on four overtime team, and once it went to the three on three format, they were like absolutely fucked. Yeah, I mean, how long how long ago was that though? I want to say three on three. I think the first three on three game is uh first three and three season is 2015 2016 right yeah so there's not too i mean you know there's a few there's a few common denominators there but yeah it's 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 a different type of play it's definitely it it lends itself more to even this islanders roster where you saw uh uh Sizikas and clutterbuck get a shift in four on four because yeah Rolling because... four lines in in in, in four in five, on four in five minute four on four overtime. Uh, that's such a that's such a funny move. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, it, it does lend itself to more of a you can uh, you can play it both ways. You can kind of spread it out because there's more ice, but you can also do a little bit of chip and chase type situation stuff. Not the fucking with... chip and chase. Oh my God. It works. It works. It's it works like a charm. It's so funny. It's so funny that like, but that kind of is how that, because it was four on four, they did get a kind of incidental chip and chase. They did. Kind of goal. Yes. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And so, yeah, it was, it was Peugeot. Uh, collecting, kind of... collecting, the, retrieving that like missed pass, that miffed pass yeah. between the, the defensemen. Yeah, and then uh, passing along to Bo and and uh, nice little wraparound that like those are always uh, those are always nice. They're always nice when your team scores them, and then when they get scored against your when they get scored against your team, you're like, how do you fucking let that in? Well, uh, it, it, it's it's an underrated like pop of a moment when you realize when you're watching a play and you realize you're going to see a wraparound attempted, like fly. Uh, not flyers. The Bruins had a had one tonight. A brutal. A that was pretty scary. Yeah. Oh my god! When you realize, like, as you're watching, it's it's great. It's super exciting yeah. when it's it's you're attacking and and when your team is defending 
and you go, oh shit, I think he just bit too early. Yeah, go swimming. There's this like amazing, just like any like this chaos of like energy for like a millisecond yep. that happens as every everything swings around, like the play swings around and everyone rushes to the net. Like it just clogs the fucking net. Yeah. Yeah. It's an it's an amazing, like all hands on deck, like they're in the fucking like submarine and like, oh shit, we're taking on water type moment. Yeah. yeah. The the Avs are playing the Golden Knights right now, and there was a an unbelievable wraparound attempt by the Avalanche that Flurry, my God, that guy's playing good, uh, stopped with his like skate blade. Um, I love I love when the goalie gets the skate blade on it. When yeah, the goalie just gets a toe on it. It's yeah, like I said, it's it's so it's it's so fucking fun, and I also wonder if part of it's fun because like, so I'm four years older than you. So you, I th- you, you might've just missed the cutoff for Genesis, but like the like NHL 90, like six, 97, the seventies, the seventies prog rock band, Genesis selling England by the pound and nursery crime, Peter Gabriel's Genesis. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, no, I was talking about the Sega Genesis console system. I'm not familiar with that, but I am familiar with the prog rock group. Well, I was talking about this, uh, the Sega Genesis video game system from the 90s it had the, the, the 2d right i guess it's the same model as the the like the vaulted like nhl 94 like play style thing so sure, it's like sure, very sure. minimal graphics but like yeah. the sound was so like the sound effects were fun when you'd hit people <laughs> and wraparounds <laughs> wraparounds were like the most fun part of that game also because like as a kid and also like just the gameplay is just super weird it's like passing is hard to really pull off all the time and like let me just skate around try to avoid getting hit and just shoot like there's such a primitive like aspect i don't know it's it's such a fun the wraparound sure. is so underrated you know that, that, that was the the wraparound romance uh, those those period just now my yeah, wraparound romance so... oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah you're like you're you're humming right now. Um, yeah. uh, those games are so stiff. Those arcade uh, hockey games are so funny and so stiff. Oh yeah, it's just yeah. The physics of them are just completely hard to read. Everything is just sliding way too much all of the time. It really is just like bubble hockey with graphics. Oh yeah, but but it's so fun for that exact reason. Yeah, yeah. Bubble hockey. Anyway, um... <laughs> this was this was the gamer. This was the gamer corner. <laughs> uh so so bavillier pots a nice uh wraparound to uh send Sponsored the islanders by dudes rock <laughs> <laughs> sending the islanders uh home with two points and then uh they come into boston tonight after a game was postponed because of a covid situation which uh i guess the nhl's not like out of the water quite yet when it comes to that between like the canadians having to uh cancel or reschedule whatever three games uh this week and uh, you know uh, players are still constantly coming on and going off the uh the the covid list um i don't know how the islanders have have, on that point though i don't know how the islanders have dodged this bullet where like noah dobson was literally on the bench ready to play the game he was around them he had covid he had he literally had covid and he was on the bench and 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 they didn't like no one else got it. I don't know. I don't know something's, how that happens. Something's going on. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I, I think I think maybe the rest of the team is on their Alex Jones pills, and whereas <laughs> whereas Beta, whereas Beta Noah is uh, is is just having his soylent, and he's not doing that. Wow, Cal uh, McCarr just scored by the way three one abs, absolutely pummeling the Golden Knights right now. Dan McQuayle um, McCarr. <laughs> Cal McCarr would be an unbelievable uh, – he'd be an unbelievable player for a Lou Lamorello's team because the man cannot grow hair on his face. That's a, it's a huge it's a huge plus. Yeah. Um, hey, it makes him skate faster probably. Um, but, hey, you know, let's just get to the Boston game. That yeah. was that was awesome. Honestly, it, like, game. it started – it started bad, but it started bad for the Islanders. It's clear it was clear that the Bruins were having a very good game very yes. early on. Yeah. And 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 like You know when you get that depth scoring from uh I they literally made fun of it on the post game. Uh Brandon Burke said the two people who scored for the Bruins and, and they kinda did like a uh, Jim Halpert look at the camera type uh which is like I don't Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who these guys you'd think I I, I have no concept. I don't remember that play happening. That's that, that's Butch. He's uh, he's a man of uh, Butch is a special guy. Um, I can't wait to hang out with him in Winnipeg when we all go. Yeah, a boys trip to Winnipeg. I can't wait. Oh, man. Um, and then Ohio. Um, so so the Islanders uh pull out a nice four three OT win against the Bruins and uh. Yeah, that first period was a little was a little rough. Uh, that double minor on Scott Mayfield was a little rough. I'm starting to notice a little bit of like, it's it's just a couple times each game I I, I make these like, I see Scott Mayfield turn the puck over in a way that makes me go, oh no, uh, brutal. So, he he had some brutal clears. He had some he had a lot of brutal play tonight. Yeah, but. You know, not all of his play is bad. He's, you know, he's got to he's, he's got to clean it up. He's got to clean it up. Well, he did he did clean it up. Well, actually, his lack of keeping it clean is why the Islanders were able to get back into the game when. Uh, That's true. First line, um, first line, elite waved winger, uh, <laughs> Leo, Leo Komarov. Komarov. Fucking this 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 is a real like uh, you know algorithm is glitching type moment of like. <laughs> Leo Komarov swinging around the net. Uh, it was a nice cut. It was a nice cut. It, in. it was a nice cut, but I can't tell if his pass was bad or Mayfield shanked it horribly. It's it's possible that both happened, like both happened at the same time. Um, but whatever whatever it was, it, the puck just like kind of just got chaotic off from Mayfield stick to Halak, and it just bounces right. Bounces right to, right, to, right to Peugeot, who just like rifles it. Yep, yep, and uh, and then after that absolutely hilarious goal uh, in the second, um, the uh, or rather in the third, Josh Bailey uh, scores to the the to further up the that jersey value. Jersey value, uh, man, it's 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 rising. It's rising. Jo- Josh knows what it is because look. This was a playoff game, and Josh is a, is a big money. He's a big playoff. He had the most points of like any any playoff run of an Islander, like 
Well, I think because of the, the if, if you count the like the play in, I think he right. exceeded any of the dynasty. <laughs> Any of the dynasty that points can't, that, that literally can't be real. I think I think, I think it might it, be. It must be like from like the ninety like ninety uh, three series onward. There is literally no way we're gonna have to well, snopes. We're gonna snopes this for the next. We'll episode. have to. Like I feel, I honestly feel as if Mike Bossy scored like twelve goals per series in that dynasty era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but Josh knows what it is, you know, and and he had his bet. It's this was a kind of a playoff type atmosphere. I think you are getting that point of the season where it's like rivalries have kind of built up, you know. Like yeah. I I think the Bruins have got are tired of getting their shit kicked by the Islanders. Like yeah. they're pissed about it because that mirrors that one that just sucks in general. But then it's like, oh, this team that we've been ahead of and on top of for like six or seven years. Yeah, man. Is <laughs> is is kind of really lapping us bad here. Yeah, it's a it's both kind of the Bruins falling out of grace a little bit. They're still a good team, but yeah, man. I mean, like pfft. they were pissed. They were it was it wasn't just like Marchand. The whole team was like yeah, fucking chippy the whole game. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and yeah, so so then Wallstrom scores his goal to put it up three to two. Uh, put the boys up three to two with about you know three minutes left, fifty seconds later or whatever. Bruins come back and score on you know it was you know miscoverage whatever it's it is what it is. Uh, and then the game gets sent to overtime, and uh, so quickly, man. It was it was like I, I I felt a little queasy at first when Bo like couldn't find anything, almost lost it at the like at his own blue line a couple times. Yes, yeah, I was yeah. Afraid, I was afraid it was going like pounding him. Yeah, I was afraid. It was one of those things where, like, I was afraid that he was gonna catch an edge, or the puck was gonna like hit something, and he was gonna like leave it behind for a second. And the guy, like, whoever was forechecking on him, was just gonna like Bjork, scoop it. Bjork. Bjork was just yeah. gonna like scoop it, and then just have like a breakaway on Varlama, who just never looked solid. He never looked strong all game. Like he was, he was really just barely getting there. There was uh the the strongest moment he had during the game was after they went down two nothing. There was a flurry of shots, um, and like the Islanders just were were playing very soft in front of their net. And uh, yeah, there was like th- you know two or three shots in a row where Varlamov was pretty aggressive and pretty sure of himself, and uh and he looked good in that moment. But yeah, he the. The two goals, the first two goals, were definitely rough. They were from a distance, you know, some screenage going on, but but definitely, definitely weird goals. The third one, you can't really blame him for. It was a nice, you know, one timer from the slot, like you know. A... It was it was more it was more some of the saves that he made and how he looked on them. Sure, you know, yeah, he he was he was getting. There was a lot of uh, failed backdoor plays because he was too far out and was too slow to get across. Four one outs, by the way. Um, but you know, what's kind of interesting to me about like that game, the game tonight also, wait, like just talking about goals. Um, so, oh, so, so that overtime Bo, you know, he's able to corral the puck, passes it to Letty. And it was amazing that moment. Like Letty is such a good skater that like, um, especially when there's space, like in, like an overtime. Yeah that rush that you get 
for uh, like we were saying earlier about a wraparound, you you get that from watching when you realize Nick Letty has someone beat. Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh, he's going to turn it the fuck on. And like, yeah. and he had, the, he had to have had the scouting on Yarrow. Like, like he just fired yes. it. Yarrow just again, Yarrow just flubs it and then just dies right there for Bo. Yep. It was great. It was great. And uh, while we kind of wrap up this three game, this three game run that, that they're on this three and zero run, I, I kind of want to just end it by saying, I think you owe Nick Letty an apology. Well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I don't think that's how apologies work. That's a bad apology. Well, it wasn't an apology. We'll see about the apology. Okay. Uh, um, interesting. So, I, I, I don't uh, yeah, have to I mean, apologize to anybody ever. <laughs> I. That's a good attitude to have, and I see that. Uh, <laughs> I see that uh, on on the little outline that we wrote. You. Uh, that you wrote, you you mentioned the Arthur Staple athletic trade proposal article you wanted to uh, touch on very quickly. I, I think just very quickly, it's that, so it's interesting reflecting on it from the talks we've had on the pod about about the trade deadline. The execs were, were right in thinking that like, for like, a, like the value for Taylor Hall is gonna be low that if the Islanders were just to offer a first round draft pick for this year, yeah. that would be enough. Yeah. Like, like to me, that is eye-opening. Like, I, I, why wouldn't I? Really don't know why they wouldn't do it. And and that, like, like that was that was one of the mo- like most interesting things. In the other direction, funny things and frustrating. No one's going to take Leo Komarov's contract. Like, nobody. No, but it's kind of a situation where no one's going to take anyone's contract unless another contract is coming back. Like. And that's where you get into that situation where if you trade for someone like Dustin Brown, you know, then I can see the Leo Komarov going back the other way in in so much as, like, the cap space kind of, like, cancels each other out. But mm-hmm. the Islanders would also throw in pick pro- a pick or a prospect, whatever. Bellows, maybe Bellows or... Uh, yeah, maybe. People, people are... It seems like the execs are pretty low on Bellows straight up. Yeah, and, and, and that's... Yeah. They were low on Bellows. They were very high on 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 Bo. Yeah, that that that's what was very interesting was that like Bo and a Bo and a second, like for like Forsberg, like pretty much in almost every Bo trade, the argument was that like for the forwards that you would get for in exchange for Bo, it wouldn't like it wouldn't be much of an upgrade you'd be getting an older player in return and like a guy that's getting paid more than, but like, like yeah. more than Bo and is less cost controlled because they're older and they're closer to UFA. Yeah. I, there was, well, there was a couple like with the, the Forsberg ones where they were kind of just saying like, there's no way this gets done. Like they're like, I don't know. There were some ridiculous trade proposals to be fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I do think that of all of the of all the moves you make, I think I think you go for Taylor Hall. You try to you try to just you try to like catch lightning in a bottle. Honestly, like like you 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 try to catch lightning in the bottle in the sense that uh he's having a down year, but because he's on such a bad team, 
and you take that chance that you know he gets traded to a, a contender he gets he, he gets to hang out with some of his friends he might actually start playing better and I shouldn't even say playing better because that team is horrible the curse they would be they would be so much worse without him so like he's not you know he's not really uh he's not really scoring but he's he's got he's getting chances and it's yeah it's just it's just kind of compiling at this point where it's like i don't know i don't know i do think that that's the move though you try and uh you try and you try and trade a second see if that gets it done it probably wouldn't cuz i i feel like a lot of people would trade a second maybe a second and a low prospect or if you want to just trade a first for him if you think that first is going to be 20 28 29 30 31 fucking do it you know in a draft that everyone is saying is notoriously weak yeah and and i i think really the islanders are at a so now i'm at a place where for that first like round pick this year the islanders like this is the most like prime the islanders have ever been for a a a real run like yeah all around even with the loss of Lee, which is a, it's simultaneously a huge loss, but this team clearly has so much strength. And with his loss, the amount of cap space that was opened up, it's like it's a an very interesting, yeah. it's a very unique like opportunity. And I just think the Islanders uh, really need to, they need to go for it. So to me, like 2020 draft pick, fine. Any of them, any amount of draft picks, this like, I, I kind of don't, give a shit like bury the clip yeah i i know what you mean I, I i think there's a way of being smart about it and also getting getting it done someone like taylor hall but we'll see we'll see what happens i'm sure that we'll have some news on some rumor or an actual an actual trade come next podcast who knows the that deadline's coming up quick i, I i'll say i'll also say that i do think um with, with, with the way Leo played tonight, it might be kind of a hickey type situation where they, they think they have enough forwards that if they need to plug in for a game or two, they can. I don't think they should think that way, I'm, but I think they could. Um, I, I, I did want to bring up the bottom six player that was brought up on um, Islanders Anxiety podcast was like, they were floating. What about like Andrew Cogliano? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I I I think that this is a team with a lot of like a lot of character and a lot of accountability, and I think that if you plug in any like respectable veteran NHLer, they're gonna they're gonna succeed as long as they have a good attitude. He's I mean I mean he's got he's got great cred seemingly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um. It, it, it's interesting. It really does feel like the Islanders are going to do something. Like I it, think they it, will. It's, it, and it's uh, it's just kind of exciting, especially like because everyone's been talking about how Lou announcing that Lee was out for the season and outright saying it changes their plans. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's announcing. That's announcing like I'm trying Girl. to make a move now. Yeah, yeah. The man is the man is off his rocker. He brought he brought Ilya Kovalchuk to New Jersey on a like thirty year deal, and and I I kind of hope it would be sick if part of why he's doing this is because he he knows that he is going to be in a, like in a war with Toronto 
for a lot of the same pieces. Yeah. And he wants, he knows going public on, on some shit. Like it'd be great if you, if he's this much of like a fucking like mind games type guy, where like doing this will further frenzy the Toronto media who is all talking about how Lou doesn't usually do this. So then that makes the Toronto media about Toronto needing to make moves. And like, Maybe the Islanders, if if they Every- lose if they lose on someone to, to <laughs> Toronto, maybe it's because they forced Toronto to way overpay. I could see that. I could absolutely see that happening. And it is, you know, it's a situation with Toronto where it's like this team that was supposed to absolutely run away with this division. Follow. As of yeah, they were they they were they beat the Senators in overtime tonight. Congratulations. <laughs> um and that now puts them out of a three-way tie for first place with Winnipeg and Edmonton, who Winnipeg is, you know, it's they're they're all like at like thirty-three or thirty-four games played. Yeah. So whatever. Um. All right. So uh, let's let's talk about Tim Peel for a minute. So yeah, Tim Peel gets caught with a hot mic, saying that you know he was trying to get a makeup call on the. On the Predators in the in the you know everybody the, the greatly esteemed uh, Predators Red Wings rivalry that that's going on this year they really had to preserve the sanctity of that game, um, <laughs> but uh, see he's caught on a hot mic and then next morning he is relieved of his duties for the rest of the season which was supposed to be his last and yeah. uh, to me it's. Uh, I'm not surprised that they did it. I just kind of think like when I, when I really think about it, it's like, it's not, it, it's being made a bigger deal than they will ever deal with the issues that they have a problem with that make it such a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Tim, Tim Peel is a scapegoat for the NHL. Tim Peel. No one should be angry with Tim Peel for this isolated incident. And it's not isolated in the sense that this was the only time he's ever done something like told told the team he was calling the penalty on that he wanted to call a penalty on them early. Uh, because guess what? That happens all the time. And it's not just Tim Peel. It's just about everyone. Uh, Tim Peel is not to blame here. Is the guy a bad referee? Notoriously a bad referee, supposedly. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Uh, but, man, I mean... And and honestly, it seems like everyone's getting this right. It's it's not Tim Peel. He's not the one you should be mad at. If you want to be mad about game management, it's you know it's it's the whole. You have to go for the institution. It's not it's not the it's 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 not the people at the bottom that are kind of it's 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 just been going on forever. And it it's a situation where it's been NHL ops always always doing this like. Uh, backseat driving on what refereeing is nonstop. Yeah, and and I'm I I'm hard pressed to say that game management is in, in like entirely a bad thing because I don't believe that. I do believe that we should get away from uh, calling penalties to even up penalties. I don't think that's good. Um, but I think game management is good in the sense that I'm a big proponent of the referees put their whistles away uh, towards the end of games and in overtime unless something egregious happens or in the playoffs. It's just it, 
it's part of why the sport is special in my opinion and why like it it gives it that extra edge come playoff time or or for an uh for an overtime in general there is nothing worse to me than uh a playoff game that ends on a power play in ot it's so it's it really is draining of energy you know it's and this is of course speaking from the uh perspective of someone who's watching two teams that he doesn't care about you know obviously you want your team to you know get a power play in overtime that's very exciting um but but man like it i i think that what you have to do is you have to you have to say hey you got to knock it off with the you know uh evening up the penalties type situation i think the game management is good to keep keep teams uh, you know, keep keep games from getting chippy when they sh- when they're getting too chippy. I think that that's that's a good use of of game management penalties, and and the other one being like, I'm fine with referees putting the whistles away towards the end of games in overtime, uh, and especially in the playoffs. Well, so like, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, you you refer to this as like institutional, and I agree there is a lot of institutional, but like. It's institutional and cultural, and that makes sense because institutions shape cultures and cultures shape institutions. And it's like hockey philosophically, okay, if you don't have makeup calls, if, if, if you don't have game management or makeup calls, what is then the expectation of like how teams are supposed to react, how everyone's supposed to react when a ref makes a mistake and everybody knows it? What like 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 what happens then? Like, you know, I, I I feel like because you can say like, oh, okay, well, you know, you'll accept that, and then you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna want to you're not gonna want to call back, and, and you're not gonna then be pissed that you didn't get a call back. If then later in the game, there's another call that kind of is a fuck up. Let me make myself clear in saying, makeup calls, in the sense that this team has gotten three penalties called against them legitimate penalties that should have been called so any kind of like inkling of a penalty where it's kind of a borderline that's getting called on the team coming back i think i think ultimately i am fine with and have come to expect maybe it's my conditioning from watching hockey all of my life that and and playing as well because this is something that you just like you just understand is going to happen when you're playing if a referee gets a bad call, like get gets a call wrong, and they call it. Uh, you should expect the other team to get kind of a soft call called against them. That that I'm fine with. Yeah. That that is kind of like a okay. This is I'm fine with that type of makeup call. It's more the this team has drawn four penalties, so now the next one's going to the other team, even if it's not really well-deserved that's the one i don't have a problem that's the one i have a problem with i should say okay yeah Yeah. which is exactly which is i i believe exactly what the tim peel thing was uh i i i believe it was a situation of kind of uh yeah the the predators had like three power plays in the first period and then the the he wanted to get a penalty called against them in the second to kind of even it up that i think is dumb Look, I, I, look to me. It's I don't. I don't know. A, a lot's already been said. I guess my bigger problem is like well, what one thing I find curious that I know certain 
podcast for bringing up about how in context of the leagues trying to get big on the betting side of things, yeah. how that, how that, how the PR side of that like forces them to um, just literally because it's such an embarrassing public moment to like completely disavow. Um, yeah. I'm, I gotta admit, I'm kind of out of my, uh, not that I'm out of my element there. Cause I do like betting and I like betting on, on sports and I like petty gambling, like, like dice. Um, but that's kind of what it is with me, right? We're kind of throwing the dice. It's less of a, uh, let's put the house on the, uh, penguins rangers odds yeah odds like the the fucking yeah i'll do like super bowl boxes like i i'll do like five super bowl boxes maybe like that's the extent of my like putting yeah i i'm more of a uh i'm more of a straight uh the islanders will win more games than against the rangers than the rangers winning against the islanders this year uh a hundred dollars says they do you know um i i understand the appeal of that odds type stuff but I'm I'm a little out of my element and I do feel like it's something that I could see myself like, you know, if it becomes easier and more accessible, you know, throwing 10 bucks at something that you could win 50 where it's like, Oh, I, I could see this. And then I guess I could see myself getting upset with a situation where you bet on a game like that. And then all of a sudden uh, a, a call is made, but it's, it, it's, it's a bit of a reach, isn't it? The bringing up the gambling thing. I, I mean, feel like it's. I feel like we're kind of reaching here. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just bringing it up because it's. No, I like, know it's, it's not something. you. But I, Elliot no, brought it up, and and I they brought it up on puck soup. It, and it, I get it, it. It could be a reach. I, I also feel like one of the things that at play here. I don't know. Whenever we talk about, whenever you have these integrity of the game conversations, it, it always just like. It frustrates me all this tinkering that always goes on with the game, where it's like I don't. I don't know. I don't want bigger nets. I don't like, I think the game is, is, is fine. They need to get better at like making it more entertaining. They need to be using, I'm not sure if, if, it, if they need to go with different camera angles, like, and, and there needs to be again, like a cultural change of like, you can't, you can't make these hockey players grow up through every like step of like development from like age four prodigies like all the way up until they're like 18 year olds where they like don't let themselves have fun. They don't let themselves like have other interests in anything else. So they have, they have nothing to offer and like no like unique perspectives that they bring to this, like to the way you sell the game, to the narratives, to this like fun aspect of like part of what was fun about tonight is the storyline between Kamarov and Marshawn, you know? Sure. And, 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 yeah. and, 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 yeah. and, and, and like, it, that's, yeah. Well, well, I, I, I just, I, I just think that, that I just want to say, like, the intersection of these things about like improving the game, toying, like, we need the game to be this or that. And, and like, well, it, well, well did we talk about Chris Versteeg's, like, you know, rant about Connor McDavid? We, we talked about it in the chat. I think we both kind of found it was a little bit, uh, also a little bit of a reach. That was a reach, and it's like a bit of an open. We don't protect our stars enough. This guy is going to have like uh, like ninety points in a fifty-six game season. Like what? What are you talking yeah. about? What the hell are you yeah. talking about? Uh, if if it's that you think he's not a big enough star in context of the greater sports media landscape globally, 
It's because the game they play is makes it impossible to sell it to new people because it's always based off of what is agreed upon by the people that have always liked it forever. What, what, a that, that is a perfect way of putting it, Desmond. It, the, in my honest opinion, it's less about these little tinkering and the little tweaks that everyone suggests. And it, it really is the core root of everything is kind of growing the game and, and putting new people in front of it and not just the same. It's you're, you're absolutely right. The game is good as it is and, and you can draw people to it, but you have to make the effort to do so. And, and it's not going to be by making the net a little bit bigger. Cause guess what? Those same people that like, like see the, the score on the local news, uh, as like a three to two Islanders win. If they see that it was a, five to four Islanders win, it doesn't fucking matter to them. I don't think that doesn't make them want to watch it more. It, it, it feels like hockey is like hockey's brass is like in their attempts to try to like, you know, run the NHL. It, it, it feels like I'm trying to find the, the right way to put it. It, it feels like they're almost like uh, it's this long relationship, this like long married couple or whatever. And like, They've only tried like the most bare, like shallow attempts to tinker and change rather than addressing the real problem in, in the real, like rather than, than diving deeper into why the game feels like it needs, why they feel like they need to tinker with these little things. It's because the game isn't popular, right? They want the game to make more money. That That's really what I, I think is, is sometimes in the text and sometimes it's in the subtext, but it's the problem like the real problems are the things they never actually talk about. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're right. You're right. You're completely right. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, I, I think that it's safe to say, uh, it's not the first time and it most certainly won't be the last time that we kind of talk about our gripes with, uh, the way that the NHL handles growing the game and putting it in front of new faces. And like, yeah, you could kind of, uh, any of these like hot topic of the week, uh, scoring is down. Whatever, con- you know, refing controversy. You, you, you can, kind of, you can kind of like trace it back to this, the prob bigger, bigger, broader problem of like hockey needs to be put in front of more people. Uh, and it's not. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying here. You know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, no, here. no. Yeah, and and because so many people, it's like interesting. Like because and and it's a niche world that because it's run by like niche minded like people that they don't they don't capitalize on the niche that they have because like they yeah, yeah. they don't know how to because they're, they're always way too protective of it for to ever get it to actually grow and expand as an idea it's it's bizarre because there is so much hockey has so many elements of other sports like physically and how it's played yeah it, it has yeah. so many like it has so much crossover the only sport that's like not particular. And, and I guess on some level, like if you're a baseball fan, there isn't that much overlap with hockey outside of like some, some aspects of infielding being similar to, you know, goaltending. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well said. And, and uh, you know, that all coming from the Tim Peel situation is uh, it's funny how, how, how we, how we got here, but uh, <laughs> here we are. Um. I guess let's let's kind of uh uh wrap up with uh 
I I uh, I'm gonna save. I'm because because we're we're actually almost at an hour. I'm gonna save what I was gonna talk about. Uh, I wrote down some notes. Other than Tim Peel's scapegoat was one of my notes. I'm gonna because this conversation can be had on any podcast. I'm gonna mm-hmm. save it for next podcast. Um. Uh. Last little thing that you put on your outline was uh. Trades around the league that you might want to see. I guess non-Islander trades, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I brought that up just because what I wanted to say, I definitely would love to see uh, just, you know, objectively um, and as a goalie, I'd love to see John Gibson on a good team. Sure, wow, yeah. I, I wonder what he fetches. Well, and, and I, I wonder because what he I, fetches. Because he's still in his, tw- he's like, I think, 27, 28. Hmm. So, so with, as far as goalies go, like he's you know got what? like, he's, he's got a good amount of mileage left in him. Guess what, Desmond? I don't, I don't like that you said that. Cause now I feel like, you know, what team wants to trade for a, a good goalie. Who? The Leafs. But, but the, the Leafs. Reason, yeah, but, but I, I don't know what it would essentially be like an RFA equivalent trade where they like trade like for first like three first round picks yeah. like, you know and robertson no you're right you're right you're right yeah okay um and the money is. out I, I i don't know where the money out would come from in that situation oh unless anderson goes back to anderson goes back to anaheim for the rest of the year eh, i don't i don't see it i don't see it um unless the leafs added a bunch of futures um or at least like two significant futures uh, you know where he would make sense. I hate this team, but uh, the the Hurricanes. You know, and and, and he is an American boy, so you uh-huh. know, uh, could see uh, that they like that down there because of the, you know, because <laughs> xenophobia. <laughs> they do, they do. Um. <laughs> uh. Okay, let me let me think of uh, let me think of one off the well, it's it's one of these. If Henrik Lundqvist were healthy, mm-hmm. Henrik Lundqvist on the Avalanche, it literally is like it's like a match made in fucking heaven. The 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 backup goal goalie problems that they're having is absolutely insane, and to have a one A one B with with Lundqvist and Grubauer, who's playing insane by the way, um the team would be as close to unstoppable as, as I think humanly possible. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, if I, I guess I'll bring it back to the avalanche and then I'll, I'll try and think of one that's not avalanche as, as my last one. Cheating, but yeah. um, I, uh, I saw that Elliot Friedman said that the avalanche might look to upgrade D, which is insane, but because Eric Johnson doesn't look like he's going to be able to come back because uh, of concussion problems. And someone made a joke that I saw on Twitter in passing that the Avalanche were going to trade for Ekholm. Uh, and then just... It's... it's They would legitimately have, like... It, so it's... Kale McCarr, Sam Girard, Bowen Byram. Um, they would have Ekholm. Uh, Devin Taves. Um, uh, McDonald, who's been playing really well. It, it, uh, man... And and more, 
Yeah, uh, I, at that point, yeah, at that point, you have a when you when your left side has Devin Taves on the third pair, that's kind of wild. He's uh, he's been playing with Cam McCarr or Sam Girard. He's kind of been uh, he's he's kind of been playing first pair minutes, uh, and he's been playing like with first pair guys just because of like their left left right situation and, and you know uh, having more of one or the other. Um, he's been on, he's been unreal. Seven goals in the season, I think. Damn. I, the, that, that's the, you know, the Islanders lack of goal scoring from their defense this year is like, when you talk about like nitpicking, like that is something Pulak has hit so many damn posts. It's like wild. I know he's going to, he's, he's going to be okay. And I think it could be a situation where he starts getting hot at the right time. I hope so. I hope so. Um, he's he's gonna be fine. I'm 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 looking up to check that Devin Taves that he's got five goals this season. He's got five. Still, goals. He's got five goals. He hit a fucking crossbar in this game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, give me one more for you, and then I'll give you one more, and then we'll kind of wrap up. Hmm. I guess I'm trying to think. I'm I'm very so, curious. I'm very curious. What I'm gonna do is what LA is gonna do. Like I I, I don't know. I, I feel like I wonder if LA would be bold enough to just like go for Jack Eichel like in the middle of this. I I, I don't know. Um, I, you needed me to throw something out there, and it's just like that's still that that's still happening right now. Like all of that. Like Buffalo is still happening. And it's just, I guess with his injury, he probably won't get traded. Um, I I guess, you know, something I'd be curious about is, um, I wonder what the Blackhawks are going to do. I don't know. Well. I wonder if they would like make a move for They're still very much in the thick of it. And uh, I kind of think that they'll probably take a, Good. Um, yeah. they're kind of, they're, they're kind of, the Blackhawks are kind of still in the thick of it. Um, and I kind of feel like they're playing with like found money right now. So mm-hmm. I think they might kind of just like, I don't want to say sit pat, but they're definitely not going to trade away futures to make a run this year. You know what I mean? For sure. I, well, but that's why I bring up a guy like Connor Garland. Like would they, would they try something for Connor Garland where it's like, no, we're we're gonna reload. Kind of the thing that happened with like when the Penguins reloaded. Remember that like when the Penguins came back in the, in like 2016. Sure. Where it was like you know sure. they, 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 uh, they yeah maybe yeah no if if they're gonna do anything big it would, it would have to make sense like that. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, frankly, it it it's. The reason I was so like, should we bring this up? Because because I've just been so overwhelmed by how much Islander trade coverage has got, like gone on, and like it's all so plausible that it's like kind of daunting. <laughs> and I'm not used to it as an Islander fan to have like everybody looking to see what the Islanders do. Like it's one of the biggest trade yeah. deadline stories, and it's like it's honestly it's a little bit much. It's, it's making me a little anxious. Hashtag. <laughs> uh. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, I think we're going to have some fun with it. 
if I'm gonna do one more last one, uh, let's say the Flames fall farther out of the uh, of the playoffs, are they gonna finally blow that up? Curious because they just hired on um, Daryl Sutter, who I love uh, as a personality more than anything. Because um, he's indifferent. Because he's indifferent. Yeah. <laughs> his his pressers are very very good. The nonchalant. Still. It's he's... it's amazing how nonchalant he is. Of like. Yep. He's yep. in a way, and I'm not gonna say dickish, but like I, I, there's there's like a greater tension in some levels to like how he interacts with the media than than Tortorella at times because like Tortorella, you know, there's kind of this energy. Sometimes there's laughter. Sometimes it it does get crazy. But with Sutter, it's kind of like disarming how it's always the same note. It's like the was... same. It's jarring. He was doing paperwork during the one full <laughs> presser that I saw from this year where he was kind of just – he was writing things down, like doing paperwork for – and he was, you know, kind of like – he would get asked a question and he would just answer it while he was looking down at his papers and writing things. It's like hanging out with, like, a person from college that you're kind of friends with, like, during a study – like, a brief study period. You're yeah. both working on things. You're, like, vaguely talking to each other, but, like – yeah. Yeah, not yeah, really like building good anything up. It's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what happens if they fall farther out of it. What they're gonna do, like from an organizational standpoint. Uh, you know, I could see them like trading away some pieces, trying to get some futures back, but still keeping Daryl on because they did just hire him, and he is like a you know, he's a proven winner, even if his methodology is a little bit old school. So we'll see. We'll yeah, it, it could be. It could be a decision. They make a decision. Like it's not a full blow it up. They they choose which pieces they want to keep. Oh, it's going to be a yeah Monahan or Goudreau. Like like yeah. one of them's going. And I, well, also like is Kachuk a guy that they want to build or like are yeah. are they able to manage and maybe Sutter, maybe that's a big part of why Sutter's there to suss out that situation for the the organization. He is. They they want to build around him one hundred percent. Um, but yeah, uh, okay, so we'll be back next week. Uh, the Islanders play some big games against the Penguins, uh, this, this, uh, coming weekend. Uh, let's see. They got the Penguins Saturday. I think they have a Monday as well. They do. Saturday, Monday, and then they don't play again until Thursday. They play the Capitals, so it'll be a three-game stretch. Two against the Penguins, one against the Caps. Love to see a two zero and one situation where they lose, maybe lose to the Penguins one time. Yeah, um, in overtime, I need to see them beat the Capitals. Yes, the ca- beating the Caps, win at least one of the the Penguins games in reg- yeah. in regulation. In regulation, yeah, and, and and win win one of those games again. Win the game against the Caps. Yeah, in any anyway, anyway, I don't care. I'll, I'll take I'll take anyway at this point. But uh, yep. and speaking of anyway, I, I think you know we we are going to close just. This is going to be very quick. I've wanted to bring it up before because it is just so funny. It's such a fun note to end on, which is that, like, you got to give a round of applause for how ugly Leo Komarov makes hockey fucking look. There was that one, <laughs> there was that one shift. Like, you were talking about how, like, he just, like, goes to the bench very early when, they, when, when like, the line gains the zone. He, like, is just like... I- I think I'm over my head here and just like leave. <laughs> I am a Leo Komarov truther. Uh, stick him in your bottom six. 
he can be effective on your third line even in certain situations uh against first maybe uh, first line is truly an insane thing it's and nuts he does he, not read he does not read situation he brings the quality of play down he, yeah it's insane it's no <laughs> it's but it's awesome. it really is man. it's kind of awesome it's kind of awesome that he like Barcel Barcel and everybody will be uh creating offense and like holding onto the puck in the offensive zone and I'm like where's Leo he went to the fucking bench for a change he went it's, to the bench for a change the the shift's been like 20 seconds in like what's going on Leo and they're like, He's like I gotta get out of here. <laughs> They'll be buzzing. Yeah. He like he like he makes a run for it like a friend that like realizes like I'm gonna puke at the bar. I gotta get the fuck out. Like like he's like, oh no, I'm gonna puke. I'm gonna puke on the ice right now. I can't <laughs> and, and he does because he does he's, he kind of plays a very pukey style. It, it looks like puke. <laughs> like like there's that one play where um there's a scrum, there's like a cycle, like there's a cycle. And the play, like, you know, oh, they, they, they work it to the slot eventually. And, like, Leo kind of whiffs on it or misses on it. And, like, everybody just starts, like, fighting over yep. the puck. And yep. it looks like it looks like when you've, like, been to, like, kid. Like, like if, you, if you've ever, like, taught a kid clinic of hockey, they yeah. all, like, bunch up around each other. And, like, watching Leo Komarov drag, like, the Islanders and Bruins into, like, the worst versions <laughs> of those teams playing each other. In a game that was mostly filled with a lot of really good pace, like growing yeah. pace throughout it, like yep. he got to bring it to its worst like form of like everybody just like hacking at the puck on the same team. Like they were just like it. It was amazing how much he brought the standard of play down. It was it was incredible. The the peak, like yeah, he is he's a special player, Desmond. I'll say it once. I'll say it every podcast. He's a special player. Maybe not a first line player, uh, and the perfect look for him too, uh, between his style of play and just his personality, his his nickname, and the whole package is the cage bubble Leo with the beard, and he's got the cage, and it's just like this man. There's something. There's something up with this man. Why is he here? He looks. <laughs> he looks unwell. He looks like. Uh... He looks like a fer- like a feral man, and you know what? I kind of fucking like him. I, I like him, but I, maybe with, with how he played tonight, like I, I'm I'm fine with keeping him on the roster. Fuck it, like for this ride, he's he's in the chamber. Keep him on. <laughs> Keep this wild motherfucker in. It's nuts, man. It's it's nuts. Like and it's especially like uh, I, I think the song that maybe I'll put at the end is a Lonely Island song song called Sax Man. And it's about like really building up this like this genius sax player, but then like so like everybody else in the band is like really good. Or actually, it's it's kind of like the John Benjamin jazz album. This is the better, the John Benjamin jazz album. Not sure if you're familiar, but but he uh-huh. he, he got a bunch of studio jazz musicians together to make a jazz record, and he never played piano before until that that specific <laughs> recording session. <laughs> So it's like these jazz musicians that are just like going, oh, and then they they like tee him up to like just like have a solo, and he just like can't like he just kind of flails like he kind of flails at the piano, and it's just like that's awesome. That's that's awesome. I think yeah, I think that that's actually going to be what we end the, the pod with. I think that's, in, in that, honor of Leo. That's Leo Komarov energy one hundred percent. One hundred percent. He kind of carries the same energy that this pod does in a way. 
Yeah, just like, just get through it. Whatever, man. Just keep <laughs> fucking going. Why are we here? It doesn't matter. Man, nothing, nothing would make my heart warmer than a see that man lift the Stanley Cup. He and you know that you know in those. It's so funny whenever these guys, whenever a team gets awarded the cup, and I always am guessing the okay, he's gonna give it to him. He's gonna give it to him, and uh, always like four in. You're like he Leo Komarov's gonna be like the fifth guy on the Islanders to get the cup. Oh yeah, yeah. He, like he'll he'll have yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, he'll he'll probably touch he'll, it before like he'll get Bovillier it. He'll get or it before or Pelic. Yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent over the before, top pair defensemen. Yeah, yeah. before oh, the yeah. top pair defensemen that have just like quietly held it down. They had a rough game that, but they've quietly held it down for three years. They're like one of the main batteries, like constants of this whole yep. growth. And like the idea of Leo Komarov, who who plays like puke. Like you, you know who I could, you know who I could see, I could see Bailey or Nelson passing it to Komarov for sure. Oh my god, if it's like a Alec, uh, Alex Martinez type fucking thing, I would lose my mind. Yo, it, okay, I'm gonna say this is the note we end the pod on. This has now been an hour and fifteen minutes. That was supposed to be a short episode, but we're, we, uh, yeah, we want to do forty five minutes. We got we we got carried away talking about Leo. <laughs> Here's the, it's worth it because I swear to God, if this team goes all the way and wins the Stanley Cup, I am buying a Leo Komarov jersey. <laughs> uh, you should, you should 100% make it a reverse retro, by the way. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. I will. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Because at that point it won't matter. Like none of the other things will matter. Again, the real problem that I haven't seen the team win, like, is, yeah, is, yeah, is, yeah. Is, you know, really ties it back in. Yep. We have a good cycle going there. Hundred percent. So I think that's a good. I think that's a good uh, note to end the pod on. And uh, we'll be back next week, and uh, we'll talk. We'll, we'll. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get into into some more stuff like this soon. Alrighty. Peace. Peace. A one, a two, a one, two, three. I don't play piano at all. And um, I'm not a, a huge fan of jazz. I never was. And that's why I thought it would be funny to make a jazz album. The guys who were playing alongside me were good. And you can hear that. This is probably the first time I played with someone who couldn't play jazz at all.